and welcome to Fraggle Talk, the unofficial Fraggle Rock podcast brought to you by ToughPicks.com. This is the podcast where we cover Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock, episode by episode, along with the talented producers, performers, writers, and builders who helped put it together. I'm your host, silly creature Joe Hennis. Today we are talking about episode 6, The Legend of Icy Joe, in which Gobo and Wembley find an ancient Fraggle who turns out to be kind of a jerk. Today we'll be chatting with a Muppet performer whose work can be seen on The Muppet Show, Labyrinth, Muppet Christmas Carol, and so many more. She originated one of the most iconic characters on the original Fraggle Rock series, and she's proving that you truly cannot leave the magic as she returns to reprise her performance as Red Fraggle on Back to the Rock. We are extremely excited to welcome Karen Prell to the podcast. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hi, Joe. Hi, Tough Pigs. Woohoo! All right. This is such a thrill to have you here. Uh, I, I mean, we're obviously such huge fans of your work. Uh, we're huge, huge fans of the original Fraggle Rock, and we're so pleased with how everything's coming together on the new series and that you're such a huge part of it. Well, I am I am thrilled. I still can't believe it, it happened, but I'm so glad it did and so glad that the whole new generation is enjoying it. Absolutely. Uh, did you ever think that we would see the day with when we'd get a new Fraggle Rock series? Oh well, you know, I kept uh, kept dreaming and wishing and 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 hoping, but also just trying to be realistic with with you know what was involved with getting the original to to happen. Just so big and and uh, complex, and and having the creative freedom to to do what we wanted. So it's like. Ooh, I don't know. It'd be awesome, but mm, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then it came. It came together. Just just so thrilled. Absolutely. And you of of all the performers too, kind of has been keeping Red alive because I know you've brought Red to conventions and you've reprised Red in the um, uh, the Rock On miniseries for Apple uh, a year or two ago. Uh, so. For for anyone out there uh, of all the performers, you're the one who it was like a guarantee that you have to be on this series. Did you did you feel that responsibility as well? Um, yeah, yeah. I I've been kind of keeping the 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 Fraggle flame going for for years. Once once we finished the the original series and and uh, uh, and then went off to many other you know puppet and animation. Ad- adventures, but uh, I would I would always meet meet people that were just huge huge fans of the of the of the show and and uh, just you know feeling feeling that that uh, that spirit and joy and uh, appreciation from the audience like all all over the world um, in person before the internet was was a thing and then once the internet was a thing just just hearing it from from people through. Through that, so uh, uh, I, you know, I, I tried to, to keep in touch with a lot of the original cast and crew, and helped organize some of the uh, reunions that we had in in uh, Toronto with the original cast and crew, and uh, um, and you know, touch touch base with with people and just see, you know, is there any possibility we can still do some more <laughs> fraggle fraggle right. stuff? So uh, 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 and then then having the chance to. Um, uh, perform red again at uh, uh, all the different uh, uh, con- conventions and, and events to to promote uh, Fraggles uh, finally coming back out on DVD and and on uh, various um, 
cable and 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 streaming streaming platforms. So it was a uh, it was just always always a thrill to 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 help uh, you know touch touch base with the people that were wanting wanting more Fraggles and excite excite new people about Fraggles. Absolutely, and you mentioned uh, the cast and crew from the original series, and with Back to the Rock, you're one of the very few who worked on the original series who's present in the room as as you're filming. Um, did you feel a certain kind of responsibility to you know take care of Fraggle lore or you know what we would have done you know in the original series? Want to make sure that we're doing the same thing, uh, or did everyone already seem like they were kind of on board with that stuff? Well, a lot of people were were already kind of pre-programmed. You know, they they had grown up with the show. They knew the show. They 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 loved it, and uh, uh, so they were very familiar with what we had had done, and um, uh, and and uh, of, of course me armed with with my uh, uh, practically a Fraggle fan level of of trivia and stuff. But it was also important to me not to treat the original as something cast in stone that must never be deviated from because mm-hmm. part of what made the original amazing was was all the um uh, the new and surprising perspectives that we brought to the show and to have that same uh spirit uh and and engagement from the audience with with the the new show the idea was, was just not to do an absolute carbon copy uh, now it was helpful for for me and Dave Golds to to say, well, this this is what we did in the original, and this is why. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we always have to do it that way. Um, right. But you know, we we had reasons back then to do things um, uh, a certain way, and and we could share our our insights, and then uh, uh, that would help as uh, uh, new people were were joining the production and 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 having ideas to kind of think. To, to that level of insight of why they wanted to do certain things, even though it was might have been something very different from what we did in the original. Were, were there ever any times where you really had to put your foot down or you started butting heads with people because it's just you just know these characters so well. You just know how it should be. Uh, and, you know, maybe you gotta, <laughs> you got to push a little bit to convince them that you're right. Huh, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to... To to think it uh, the with the the new series a lot of the challenges were were just with so many of the new things we were trying all of us together just trying to figure out how are we going to do that um, but as as far as really really having to you know find a hill to die on I I can't think of anything at, at the uh, at at the moment, if I think of something, I will I will let you know. There might be something yes. that comes up as, as we're talking, but uh, yes, please um, do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I know that you. Uh, I had heard that you insisted on uh, bringing Inspector Red back for another episode. Um, was that something that you you had requested before scripting had started? Do you, you know, even remember I, doing that? Maybe I got bad info. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember like putting my foot down and saying there must be more Inspector Red. <laughs> Uh, but I was definitely thrilled when they wanted to uh, uh, wanted to do more more Inspector Red, and now that that was a situation where uh, we're going to do Inspector Red, but it's going to be this different thing. And it's like th- this was a case of it worked so well in the original. It's just like you know, bring it back, you know, uh, bigger, bigger and better, but with with that that same spirit in it. So. Um, 
uh, I'm, I'm just so, so glad the original uh, impacted the, uh, uh, our, our new uh, creative team so much that they, that they wanted to do more. That's right, yeah. Uh, and speaking of Red, um, you know, this new series is more of a soft reboot than it is a sequel. Um, so we do have the same characters, but they, you know, there are certain things have, you know, not quite carried over from the old show. Um, in your eyes, uh, has Red changed at all between the old series and the current one? Or is it just the same exact Red in uh, not quite exactly the same uh, environment? She, to me, she seems like the same red, just uh, uh, reaching you know new new depths that we just ran out of time to do with 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 the original. Because uh, uh, when when we uh, when when we stopped working on the the original show, there were more stories that that I was wanting to tell and more things to to explore with her and. Uh, uh, you know, we, we still, the original, we wrapped it up so amazingly, beautifully, perfectly. Um, and it was, at that time, it was for, for the best with uh, uh, the, the way it all, all turned out. But um, uh, now it's, it's, it's like there's, there's a chance to uh, continue taking this character and what she touched inside of me as well as, as inside the audience and just seeing how, how much more we could explore uh, with her and within her. And uh, beyond performing, you're also credited as co-executive producer on Back to the Rock. Uh, what did yes. those duties entail? Pretty much what I did on the original, but it was an official job this time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. On, on, the, on the original, I was sitting in on story meetings. I was a writer's no, Jocelyn knows. I was in on the story meetings. Hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, and having notes on the script and, and uh, ideas on costumes and characters and gags and, and um, uh, even, even drawing some of the art that was seen on screen in the original. I, I didn't, oh, I didn't great. do that on, on this one, but just, just uh, uh, helping build props, just every, everything. So, uh, so, so now it was, uh, uh, it was uh, officially my job to be a part of it, and it was uh, also be, being official. It was it was a lot a lot busier and and just uh, uh, doing you know extent, extensive uh, notes on on scripts and songs and character designs. But uh, I loved it. So it was it was just just like this new series was a way to explore more with Red. It was a way of me as a uh, uh, creator to explore more with uh, what I could uh, contribute to to. Um, uh, getting getting all the the creative ideas as as big and amazing as possible in this show. Terrific. Well, uh, hopefully we'll uh, be pinpointing a few of those uh, ideas and influences as we talk about this episode, uh, The Legend of Icy Joe. Uh, the episode starts uh, with Doc and Sprocket, as so many other Fraggle Rock episodes do. Um, the uh, thermostat is broken and it's getting pretty cold in the workshop. Uh, we'll see very soon that Fraggle Rock is also getting very cold. Um, but here we're, we're seeing uh, Sprocket for the first time in this episode. Uh, and you were Sprocket's right hand and tail. Is that right? For, for the original and uh, also on this 
uh, this this series, and then the producers are saying, "Why this? That's assisting. You're a producer. You're a performer. You're like all this stuff." I love helping out with Sprocket. I, I love helping with uh, assisting other 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 puppeteers, and uh, um, so I just wanted to continue doing that, and and uh, really enjoy working with with John Tartaglia. Uh, we were doing a lot more complicated stuff with with Sprocket this. This time, so uh, at, at times we, we had multiple sprockets popping all over the place, so we had uh, uh, a lot more than me at, at times uh, around there doing sprocket and uh, disembodied sprocket parts <laughs> that had to do stuff. <laughs> it was so, so fun, so fun. That's great. I love hearing stuff like that where, you know, that, that seems like a very Jim Henson thing, too, where Jim didn't mind popping up in the background as, you know, as a one off character here and there, even though he was the big boss. And uh, to oh, yeah. see, you know, yeah. you, right. You still want to be Sprocket's right hand. You still want to wag Sprocket's tail. Who wouldn't? Yeah. 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 So fun. And we often talk about how Sprocket is not a puppet. Sprocket is a real dog because Sprocket, <laughs> look, every, everything that Sprocket does is just so natural. And I really have to hand it to you, uh, no pun intended, but I really have to hand it to you <laughs> to, to uh, you know, compliment how, you know, Sprocket really does come to life and you do such a f- phenomenal job with him. So uh, I'm glad to see that you are back, you know, underneath that puppet. Well, J- Johnny just did a, a a wonderful, wonderful job with with Sprocket. I I love what Steve Whitmire did with with the original Sprocket. It was so fun working with him, and uh, we we got just more amazing fun with with Sprocket. It's it's like he is this this spirit animal that is in the DNA of humans, and Steve got a a wonderful chance to tap into it, and now Johnny's got a chance to. To, to tap into it and it's something that, that people just know oh that's the heart and and the the love and the joy of a dog you see how it's even affecting me right now so uh yeah uh, yeah it's just so fun to be a, a part of that that's fantastic uh so down in fraggle rock uh it is the first frost we see gobo's breath which is a really cool little effect little cg effect uh nice tasteful bit of animation in a show that has so little of it already um we get to see the Fraggles in their winter gear, which I love. I love seeing the winter hats, and Red's got her little pom-pom warmers and stuff like that. Uh, Boober's socks have frozen solid. Um, we see uh, Red ice skating through the rock. At least we see her from the waist up. Um, and Gobo and Wembley are heading to the storytellers to hear the legend of Icy Joe. Uh We'll meet Icy Joe very soon, but uh, first we're going to head over to the Storytellers. There's a big statue of Icy Joe, which is pretty cool. I assume that was a practical effect, right? That was a real oh, statue. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was huge. Yes. <laughs> That's great. What is, what is something like that made out of? Like, I assume it's not like just a puppet spray painted. Is it like actually carved? Uh, no, no. It was, it was massive. I... <clears throat> I think it was carved styrofoam that, that's then uh, um, uh, coated with, with uh, um, layers of, of uh, paint and stuff. That's, that's what, it, what it looked like. So sure. it could be huge, that, but, but not too heavy. Yeah, yeah that, seems, that seems possible to me. Um, Gobo and Wembley are completely fanboying out on, uh, about Icy Joe. And uh, this is something where like, I completely relate. Like As someone who like, works... You know, with the fan community and, you know, I get to be in front of like people who I really admire, like yourself. And it's like it's hard to keep the excitement down. And already like they haven't even met Icy Joe yet. And they're just going nuts over her. Oh, the, um, the, the song 
was so when we first heard that that as producers we got to hear like the early versions of song and and that song just it hit it out of the park you know first time we listened to it it's like oh perfect 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 just so so fun and then donna as storyteller just take a storyteller and just going nuts with with her just such such an uh uh, amazing combination of, of uh, music and energy and personalities. Uh, such a fun way to start the show. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Donna's performance as a storyteller is hysterical. And she has this mood that's so relatable of like, <laughs> like Ugh, I don't want to deal with these guys. Let me just tell my story and get out of here. I want to put my napping glasses on. Yes. Uh, and that song too is terrific. It, that it has a very, uh, I wrote down it has a very Kenny Rogers sound to it, like as if it's a like the lost <laughs> verse of the Gambler. <laughs> yeah, you know they they were just going for just a really, really exciting, uh, exciting song to uh, uh, excite the audience and reflect the excitement of the Fraggle audience for this heroic character. Totally, yeah. Um, Gobo and Wembley are heading out to retrace Icy Joe's steps. Uh, actually, on their way out, uh, first Red suggests, uh, with all the frost, that uh, they should play rock hockey, but instead of using greaseberry leaves, they should just slide on the ice. And yes. Gobo says, hockey on ice, that'll never work. <laughs> That's great. Yes, and yes. <laughs> you get to do so much fun stuff as, as Red on this series. I mean, in the old series, of course, too. But uh, something like this where Red is literally sliding around. Are you on a, on a cart for something like that? Or are you just really good at keeping yourself looking, uh, moving smoothly? For that, I was just, just on, on my feet because there were so many... Uh, at, at the beginning, like when she's going through Boober's laundry line and crashing into a crowd of fraggles, you know, there's there's like uh, under the cameras, you know, it's like 20 people. Um, and just to, been able to, to, to be able to safely maneuver through that, uh, I was just, just on feet. And then coordinating with uh, uh, the people that Red was falling into and with the cam- camera people. And, and uh, uh, so that, that was where we, we all just had to, you know, not be on carts or boxes or anything everybody just on on their feet uh uh moving around trying to make this the sliding work took took a few takes to to get it all to to uh to work uh, above camera as well as below camera a lot of a lot of coordinating um but yeah all all that stuff is just so so fun for sure it's one of those things that's always impressed me about fraggle rock is you know with other muppet series you know every once in a while you you see uh, you know a hand at the bottom of an arm rod you see the top of someone's head you know you could tell like there's little mistakes that they just kind of gloss over we can just let it slide because we got to move on but fraggle rock I, I, it's rare to see a slip up there's so much coordination and choreography that must be going on behind the the scenes that um just makes it look perfect and keeps you in that in that world well, we, we did have the advantage, um, you know, 40 years later of being able to use um, effects in post uh, to um, uh, remove, you know, heads or hands or, or mm. arms. We still tried to, to avoid it because as a producer, you know, that head in the shot, that's, that's going to, that's money to try to fix it. So you try, <laughs> you try, you try to get as clean as possible, but, um, uh, and certainly, especially for things like, uh, 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 shooting against blue screen, ultimate in in the original, um, it just freed us up so much where we could just everybody could just you could see shadows, you could see rods, you could you could see 
uh, people's faces as long as they weren't overlapping the, the, the puppet. It just gave uh, a lot more freedom to, if you know, if we had to, just to, to have all kinds of extraneous things in the shot and know it could get... Uh, cleaned up but uh, yeah generally when we weren't shooting against blue screen we would we would try we would try to get things looking uh um looking looking as, as clean as as possible just just kind of going with the the old school feel of of shooting of shooting live live puppets like this for sure yeah and like the work obviously shows off like it's it looks pristine uh so next up, uh, uh, Gobo's going to read a postcard from his uncle, Traveling Matt. And uh, we don't need to get into the contents of the postcard here, but the one of my favorite things about Fraggle Rock is Red's disdain for Traveling Matt's postcards. And in this episode... Oh, Traveling Matt. She, oh. <laughs> in this episode, she has a pair of, head, uh, of uh, earmuffs, not headphones, earmuffs. Um, yeah. And she says... Oh no, just as my earmuffs go on. <laughs> Got a big laugh out of me. Uh, do you recall where that bit came from, you know, in the original series? Was that something that you wanted to put in or was that someone else? I I I'm trying to remember what what the origination of it was. Uh, but it's it's like it is it is definitely grown and it's 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 magnified a lot more this this time around um uh because it's it's not you know the 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 fraggles even when there aren't uh um external challenges to to deal with um uh they're they're a group of 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 characters that have different thoughts and feelings and and insecurities and it's not you know happy perfect everybody get along land you know so uh um uh, so, so this gives a, a a chance for 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 Red to to really show that that something about this just really really bugs her, and she's Red, and she has to say something about it. Right. And uh, that that's that's something that I I would like to really dig into and and explore if there's if there's ever a chance again just to see where is this coming from because she she gets. She just gets really, really blunt, blunt about it. Uh, but at the same time, it gives Go- Gobo a chance to kind of go in the opposite direction, to just ridiculously worship Uncle Matt, and that even kind of helped set up his 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 worship of of Icy Joe, kind of tapping into that same that same need to uh, uh, um, to you know to, to have to have a hero to to inspire him. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's fun to always always let Red uh, react. Everybody else is like, oh yes, yes, traveling Matt and Red is like, oh. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, always always fun. I'm I'm glad people are enjoying that too. <laughs> I know I I definitely am. Are they ever uh, ad libbed those those reactions, or are they always 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 scripted? Um, pr- pretty much everything is 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 scripted. Just really really. Wonderful work by our our, uh, our writers and uh, uh, Alex and Matt are our showrunners. So uh, uh, yeah, and there you know there there might be things in there that we might build on or suggest some some alternates. But uh, uh, most of the time, just you know, really wonderful writing that's that's a, a joy to perform. Absolutely, they're nailing it. Those writers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so Gobo and Wembley are traveling deeper into the rock to retrace Icy Joe's steps. Um, normally, there is an ice wall br- uh, that's uh, blocking them from going any further, but 
from the last few episodes, we've seen there's all this new water in Fraggle Rock. The new water must have melted the entryway away. Um, that's kind of our big connection here to the rest of the, uh, of the season with this larger topic of, uh, of the water that's connecting us all. Um, and uh, they start singing that Icy Joe song that you and I were just talking about. And someone is singing along with them. It's Icy Joe. And she's alive <laughs> in the ice. So so let's talk about Icy Joe for, for a minute here. First of all, yes! where As we waited she... long enough here, I'm gonna blow off my blow off these microphone levels by using my Icy Joe voice. And probably scaring <laughs> Karen's neighbors at the same time. Hello! <laughs> Hello, Joe! Another Joe! But not the Icy uh, Joe. I'm the only Icy Joe. Yeah, no, I'm a slightly <laughs> less Icy Joe. <laughs> uh so first of all, let's talk about where Icy Joe came from for you. Like, did you, uh, were you immediately thinking, I want to play a, a new main character on the show? Um, was Icy Joe, did Icy Joe already exist? And then you volunteered? Did someone volunteer you for the job? Uh, what was your connection there? Uh, they, they asked me to um, read for, for this. They, they asked all of us to read for, for several of the, of the characters. Um, uh, she she was already created when uh, Alex and and Matt introduced this to uh, to this 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 script and and uh, I was uh, I was very pleased that it was uh, a female character. She was originally presented as as almost a kind of cynical Be- Beatrice Arthur, mm. you know New York kind of character, and I couldn't really connect with that very well. And uh, so some some auditions were kind of explored that kind of take on on the, the the character and then some of us were noting that you well, it's kind of strange you know when when some new out of out of the the the, the main rock characters show up they they often have new york accents for some reason and so but but i kept thinking well she's she's this pioneer woman and uh from from ancient times and she's she's very tough she's had to survive uh, you know, a brutal, brutal environment, and um, and even even thinking back to uh, my uh, my one side of my family were farmers in Wisconsin, just out out there in in the in the wild, uh, establishing themselves on the land and and uh, being in in harsh circumstances, and and uh, so I I just just started to think what what that kind of a character would would be and what they would what they would sound like. So I, I ended up drawing a bit on a bit of on, on that and on uh, tapped a little bit into kind of a, a Canadian feel to her, her voice, the way, the way that Gobo sure, uh, yeah. originally, thanks to Jerry Nelson, had, had a little bit of Canadian in, in her voice, but, but also a bit of American, Wisconsin, North Dakota, Minnesota and even <laughs> even little bits of Irish and pirate it's just like all these kind of weird weird mix of uh, characters that had to go out into uh, very harsh and unknown lands and just just very very rough very very blunt not polishing anything that they thought or said just just calling it like like it is so uh so the, the the way the when we were auditioning the character was presented kind of this 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 one way and and I thought well I'm gonna do this other thing and just see what people like so I thought well I'll do this I'll have fun and if I don't get it fine 
so I just I just went for it and uh, and it worked out that that's uh, what they decided to go for. <laughs> that's fantastic and and what a thrill that you get a new original character on this show and not not just like a one off character because I see Joe does come back. <laughs> Uh, yeah. A couple times in the series, and and hopefully, in, you know, if there's a second season, we'll see more of Icy Joe. But um, but so much fun that you get to do this, and you know, you're not just kind of doing red and then going back to your trailer, you know. <laughs> well, on on the 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 original, yeah, it was mainly red. It's like red is such a useful, like script and energy wise. We, we called her the cut to the chase character, where everybody you know, could be standing around and, and talking about their feelings. And Red just runs in there and says, okay, let's do this, you know, boom. And um, uh, so on, on the original, it was just most useful for Red to get in there being Red. And so I just ended up doing that most, most of the time. And uh, she's still very useful that way in, uh, in, the, new, in the new series. But uh, uh, we've, we've got... Uh, uh, we, we've got more, more, more ways for other characters to 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 do that. It doesn't always have to be red, which is which is good. And uh, so I'm I'm glad to have a chance to have uh, another recurring uh, character who uh, just has has very. She's still she's very strong and has a lot of energy, but still kind of has a a different a different take on on things. Um, so uh, yeah, that's. That's been fun. Although physically, it's a very challenging character. <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question because I see Joe looks like a a huge and probably heavy puppet. Is that is that true? She is huge and heavy. Yes, they they said that uh, for for having her squinty eyes, she was going to have a uh, an eye mechanism. I always like having having things like that to to play with, and uh, and then the the puppet was finished. Um, we we'd gone up to to Calgary uh, to start shooting. Uh, in very icy Joe weather <laughs> in January <laughs> of uh, uh, 2021, and uh, so they finished the icy Joe puppet and uh, shipped it up to um, up to to Calgary. And uh, she had a bit of an icy Joe adventure with customs. It took a while. I had to do some exploring, and and uh, people had to have a look at what this thing was. And then finally, I showed up. So yeah, she finally finally got there. We were needing to start to rehearse with her. It's like, is she here yet? Is she here yet? Is she here yet? Uh, finally showed up, and we we got the puppet. I was like, wow, she's she's big, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we we we'd had meetings and and um, look through um, uh, you know talk through different different elements of of the of the design and the colors, and then saw photos of the puppet as as it was being finished, but. But when we saw the the actual puppet, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so uh, uh, we did did some some work figuring out. It was it was quite heavy. I think eventually I got my uh, I had a luggage weighing scale, and I eventually brought brought that in and hooked it on to to her and and held it up. And it was like total seven or eight pounds, I think, including the legs. And most of the time, she didn't have her legs on. But uh, 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 yeah, she was she was she was uh, pretty pretty heavy. So we tried various things with with having um, having uh, a, f- a framework on my hips with kind of backpack straps and uh, to 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 hold the weight. But I found that I was just having to strain so much against that to get her upright properly and being able to move 
the way she needed for for um, per performance because she she needed to be uh, agile and and move and and not really kind of stuck stuck in one place. Um, so so that that was just that was that was uh, that wasn't quite working out. And then so we we decided well, what if we have she already needed uh, an assistant person to do her hands, whether the hands were rotted or, or live hands. Uh, because she was so big, just having reaching one hand into the head and uh, another hand into her, her other hand would, would just be, um, it would be literally hard to reach around her, her giant body to, to make that, that work. Right. Um, so, uh, and I really, I really wanted to perform her eyes. And they were saying, oh, we can give the eyes to someone else. And I was like, no! No, I want to do the eyes. I need my eyes. Uh, we we ended up having um, a third puppeteer, whose job was just to hold up the weight of her body. Uh, wow. So we had uh, and Andrew uh, Cooper was the uh, the body man on Icy Joe, <laughs> and then Ingrid Hansen was uh, did the the hands for for Icy Joe, and uh, so I I. Uh, Fortunately, with with all of that, I didn't have to uh, bear bear a lot of the the weight. I, my hand was just in her in her head, and um, then uh, my left hand was was operating her uh, the two separate controls for her her eyelids. It was it was still a lot of work just coordinating with this this tight bunch of three people that were that were uh, stuck stuck together and uh, needing to coordinate to. Um, get her get her her body upright and and lined up properly i also um i uh, had to wear tall boots um on the original series i had some tall boots um uh kathy and i uh kathy mullen and dave golds and i had tall boots when we were working with um uh jim or richard hunt or jerry jerry nelson with the and steve the the taller puppeteers and right. uh, those those boots were long gone, and I've gone up a couple of shoe sizes since then. So um, a few years ago, I found literally found some Frankenstein boots on Amazon, and wow. uh, uh, whenever I'm out and I see platform shoes, it's it's like point. <laughs> I'll hang on to those just in case. So so I uh, <laughs> I dug I dug up my my Frankenstein boots. <clears throat> um to to get the height she she needed next to uh to everybody so it was it was quite it was quite a, a unit and and having having ingrid and and andrew we needed the, the assistant puppeteers who could be tall without being on boots because we needed to be as stable as possible and having two or three people on boots underneath this thing would just that's like a recipe for broken ankles right there so uh um so uh, so we, we, we figured that out, and we, we rehearsed uh, uh, a few of the scenes, and what does she look like when she's sitting and, and eating, eating the food and the soup, and what is she like when she's walking? What is she like when she's, when she's thawing out and doing her staggering around? Um, so we, we figured out what would, uh, what would work for that. And, uh, but, yeah, she was, she was cha challenging, if, 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 any, if anything, just the, uh, the, the physical challenge of getting all that to work kind of kind of uh uh helped lead to to her grumpiness when she was when she was on the set yeah i'm sure <laughs> but, a lot of but, that you know, that uncomfort was, comes uh, out in the puppet <laughs> yes yes we'd, we'd finish a long take and and then she'd say oh that, that was a lot of effort i need to lay down now okay so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was still just the just the the energy of the character and just just the way it could could have her you know uh 
uh, uh, act out and get get grumpy and yell at people, and and uh, uh, it was it was fun, even even though it was challenging. <laughs> I bet, yeah, uh, and uh, I also, I mean, I just love the fact that she's so much larger than the other uh, puppets. If only because later on in the series, when she is part of the big group scenes, um, it's a little bit more diversity in Fraggle sizes, Fraggle types, because she kind of tower, still towers over everybody else. So it's kind of cool to see the show is still experimenting with like different types of Fraggles and different types of characters, uh, and also more characters that aren't just basically kids, because you know, we have the world's oldest Fraggle and Storyteller and, and a couple others. But, um, you know, now we have Icy Joe, who has, you know, a lot of experience, with, you know, whether that's good experience <laughs> or not, uh, or helpful or not. Um, but, yeah, I just lo- love that diversity in Fraggle Rock. Uh, you mentioned uh, you also handled the eye mechanism for Icy Joe. So how did that work and, and what hand was that in? So that was in, in my uh, left-handed. I'm, I'm right-handed. So... Um... Uh, and I, 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 I love having, having a chance to, to, to play with eyes because so much, um, uh, with, with the, the, the acting of the head, we already have to stylize so much with, with body language and head attitudes to, to get across certain things with, with the puppets. And there's, there's, you know, there's one style when the puppet has, has, you know, no facial movement, no eyelids like, like red, and that doesn't restrict her in any way. It's just, it's just a different musical instrument that you play differently. Um, uh, so having a choice to play this other type of musical instrument with ha- being able to add the, the eye movements in there, uh, I just enjoy that kind of performance music. And uh, so whenever there's been a chance in, in the past to perform characters with, with eye movements, I just jump at it. Uh, I, I enjoyed on, uh, on, on Labyrinth being able to control the eye blinks and the eye turns for, for the, the, the worm. And uh, uh, it could have been set up so that it was just me performing the, the puppet and someone else was, was, was doing the eyes. But so much of, of my style of, of performing is just it's very spontaneous and, you know, there, there, there's a thing where you sit down with someone and you rehearse for days and, and, and weeks to figure out, okay, on this line, I'm going to bring the lids down halfway. And then on this, you know, get into all that kind of detail, almost like the detail of, of the, the computer animation that, that, I, that I also do. But um, uh, to be able to be spontaneous with it and even make discoveries during the performance uh, is is something I really I really treasure and love love playing with and may, maybe it's not technically as beautiful and exact as if it was really plotted out but um, uh, for for me it's 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 just part of the the spontaneity and the and and the energy uh, so with 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 icy Joe uh, each eyelid had a had a separate plunger it was um, uh, it was a little uh, electronic. Uh, control, not not cable, and mm-hmm. um, uh, but still it was it was connected by by a, a cable, not not wireless, and um, uh, so I could. Um, uh, it was really helpful to to uh, you know just raise one eyelid or have her have her look uh, her eyelids change. She was looking from one side to to the other, and uh, every once in a while, my, my right and left on, on the, the monitors uh, would, would get off, and they might, I might have done the wrong one during takes, like, oh, 
oh well there we go we're doing that now so <laughs> but it, but um, it works for that kind of character you know where she's yes, just a little for, confused for, and, she, yeah. yes she's 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 very she, she can she can get very very confused um but uh it was it was just so so fun to uh uh to to have that that different kind of of um uh, a visual language for for a character and it certainly helped her look even more threatening when she needed to look threatening with 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 other other characters um, yeah so uh, uh but yeah that meant i couldn't i couldn't do hands or or, or anything else but uh, uh uh ingrid and, and andrew were, were great at jumping in there and working with my style of performing which kind of v kind of vaguely what we're gonna do but let's just see what happens when we're performing <laughs> right um and, that, and that's where you just kind of you you just kind of get used to the the unspoken energy. It's kind of like a jazz jazz ensemble. You just kind of you you go with the flow and you see what happens. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the time it's fun. <laughs> right. You go with the flow so you can go with the Joe. Yes. Oh, I like that. Oh, someone write that down. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right, steal that one. Steal it. We interrupt this podcast for a special postcard from our uncle traveling, John Tartaglia, and a Fraggle Fast Fact. Today's Fraggle Fast Fact is Icy Joe has weird eyes, how Icy Joe's eyes are operated. Um, So on Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock episode 106, we meet Icy Joe. She's a, a legendary Fraggle, a brand new character for Back to the Rock. And uh, she's performed brilliantly by the one, the only amazing Karen Prell. And she's from a different time. So she's uh, fraggles in that generation were a little bit bigger. Um, they weren't, well, in, at least in Icy Joe's case, they weren't very nice. <laughs> but we wanted her to have a lot of expression. Um, and, you know, fraggles, for the most part, the, the fraggle puppets are very simple. Um, with the exception of Moki's eyes that can open and close and Wembley's eyes that spin when he wembles. They, their eyes don't really move. They're very simple hand puppets. But we wanted Icy Joe to have the ability to squint and look angry, look surprised. Um, so the New York Creature Shop built Icy Joe. She's giant, by the way. She's a huge puppet. Um, and they gave her these two motorized eyelids. Both eyes can they can move independently and both can fully open and fully close. And uh, Karen Prell would puppeteer Icy Joe's mouth and do the voice. And then she had a hand control with these two buttons that would control the eyelids on them. And then Andrew Cooper and Ingrid Hansen would assist Icy Joe. So it took three puppeteers to bring Icy Joe to life. But Karen got so many great expressions out of her, out of that puppet. And I love that they were motorized. So they had this really smooth open and close movement, brilliantly designed by the Creature Shop. Um, and fun fact, Tom Newby, who worked on the original Fraggle Rock, he is a genius at electronics and motors and, and all those cool um, gizmos came back and helped uh, design, redesign Moki's eyelids and, and Wembley's eyes and uh, contributed to Icy Joe as well. There's your Fraggle Fast Fact. All right, back to the podcast. <laughs> Let's get back into the story here. Um, Icy Joe has been in the ice for hundreds of years, and we don't really get into it, but the first thing I'm thinking is like, God, everyone she knows is gone. And like, the episode does mention that, but like, she doesn't seem to mind so much. She's just kind of doing her own thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and- that was, I, I wasn't sure... <laughs> Because you know that could be really grim, and I was just trying to, uh, you know, yeah. She 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 asked about Fruby Fraggle, and uh, and then Gobo says Fruby's gone, and it's like, oh, okay, all right, no, now what? You know, so it's like, I, right, yeah. I I uh, uh, it's 
it would be interesting. That would be something interesting to to explore if there's ever a chance. Uh, but for for the, the the needs for for this story, it was uh, uh, it was something just to to briefly touch touch on and acknowledge that everyone she knew is not there anymore. Uh, but then just to kind of keep keep going with uh, with what was happening in in uh, in this story and and uh, uh, ma- mainly uh, because Gobo also needed to just be at that point he was still just very excited and hero worshiping and joyful and and uh, Wembley was the one starting to have have doubts but trying to keep keep uh, Icy Joe and Gobo's energy more more positive and, and upbeat at uh, at that point yeah definitely. Um, there's a great moment, you mentioned this already, but there's a great puppetry moment where Icy Joe kind of stands up out of the ice and she's just kind of testing out her legs for the first time in a <laughs> hundred years and like getting those sea legs back. And, uh, first of all, it's, it's just a cool puppetry moment because, you know, you've matted out the puppeteers and you get to see her full bodied. And, um, I, I know you've done a few shots like that in this series already, which I'm sure we've already spoken about how it's different from the old one. But, uh, uh, I assume that you're wearing like all green or all blue and you're against a blue screen and, you know, and, or is, is it, does it work a different way that I'm not aware of? Well, we actually, cause we, we'd kind of, we, we rehearsed that a bit before, before we were in the studio and kind of figured out one, one, one way to make it work. But then once we, this actually ended up being shot not against, um, uh, for Aisha Joe, it was a green screen because she has a lot of blue in her. Sure, um, right. So it was not against a, a green screen. Uh, we were actually in, in the set um, with a lot of the physical set around us. So we had to kind of rethink what we had rehearsed. And sometimes that, that, that just happens. And... Uh, so a little bit of a scramble and say, oh, actually, okay, there's a bit of that set there. So you be there. Uh, do we want one person doing each legs? We tried that a bit. No, that doesn't work. Let's let's reach. Around. Okay, one person doing both legs. Okay. So there was there was a bit of um, on 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 the set, kind of last minute. Uh, uh, we we had a vague idea of she she staggers this way, staggers that way, and then kind of hits her her heroic pose at at, at the end. But uh, uh, took took a little bit to to figure out. Uh, uh, how to how to actually uh, uh, ex- execute it and um, uh, got it got it figured out and uh, uh, but we were so we were all head to toe in uh, well at, at least down to the waist of green um, and uh, uh, part of part of that part of the set was also raised up on some uh, uh, some wooden wooden platforms to get the height above. Wembley and, and Gobo, so right. there's a, there's a lot going on there, and then uh, <laughs> uh, and we we were just enough kind of overlapping Icy Joe because she's so big um, that we had to wear our full hoods and look through the, the 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 screen part of it. Sometimes if it's a smaller character, you can bend your head to the side and and uh, and not have the hood on and be able to breathe and see the monitor properly. But the, for this, we just had to have. Uh, have the, the full hoods on and then then have monitors all around and underneath and and uh, so it was it was quite quite a setup and uh, quite quite a few takes uh, uh, sometimes we tried very elaborate things sometimes we just kind of kept it kept it simple and um, uh, recorded some some dialogue but but also um, because it was so so much noise and so many people. Um, even just calling out some instructions. Okay, one, two, three, boom, hit the final pose. Uh, 
So uh, ended up once it was in post, uh, and we knew what what bits they were going to use and what the energy was. Then then uh, uh, the final vocals were were done in post to kind of go with with the, the the final final cut. So it was a lot of a lot of yelling, a lot of noise, a lot of stomping around, people not quite being able to see, trying to see monitors and reach all the body parts and coordinate and trying to keep <laughs> trying trying to keep the gravity, the weight of the character properly over the legs. That's always tricky when you have several people doing a character because you can get going and then suddenly they're they're floating or the weight is over the wrong leg and and uh uh, so we, we, we got we got there got there in the end and uh, uh, it's another thing that was uh, uh, very very challenging and uh, uh, but it, it, it ended up working out and that that's a case where you just shoot a bunch and then uh, uh, the uh, the geniuses in editing look through it and, and they're like okay <laughs> and then and then they you know they put it together and how about let's 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 cut to go on Wembley at this point, okay, and come back and and right, and, yeah. uh, and, and figure it all out. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing you 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 kind of assemble the raw ingredients when you're shooting on the floor, and then the final recipe comes together in the the edit with uh, uh, with with all the the cuts and and with the, the the visual effects and the the sounds and and even the music that they that they put over it. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure, yeah. Well, Thanks and I love that. The- the whole it really does. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love how uh, the whole thing also ends where, like you said, Icy Joe kind of strikes this pose and it's this like Captain Morgan pose that <laughs> matches the statue that we saw earlier. So yes. like this is like she is just fitting right into this this legend that has been built around her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice little visual <laughs> cue there. Uh, so Gobo and Wembley take uh, Icy Joe back to Fraggle Rock, and uh, already she's like deep into insulting everybody at every every opportunity. She calls Gobo soft. She calls Wembley slow. She snaps at Moki. Uh, she steals Red's hammock. Um, I like that she uh, <laughs> Boober who had like basically prepared this feast for her, uh, a culinary tribute to the radish purees, soufflés, yes. hoorays. <laughs> Uh, she calls his food too clean. Uh, we, in, our, in my, she says in my day, we ate our radishes straight up dirt first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just, just all the, all the, 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 the fussiness in the, in the, the ceremony. Um, uh, maybe, maybe that's why she was kind of, uh, a loner back, back in, in, in her, her day that she, oh, I can't deal with, with all of that. Um, or else maybe all of the ancient fraggles of, of that time didn't do anything like that. So that was just all, all new to her. Yeah, that was, it, it was like, you know, when they first saw her out, she says, oh, I'm not hungry, but her, her stomach growls. And then I, I, I think by the, by the time she gets to the festival, she is hangry. And right. uh, then all this stuff is happening and she just wants to eat and they're doing this and they're and they're doing that and making her the radish cream queen with the crown and the bouquet and then she just wants to eat why is everybody singing oh my gosh oh um so uh 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 yeah yeah it was uh uh you know she's she's pretty overwhelmed she's been you know frozen for hundreds of years she's hangry all these people are singing and Food is coming, going in front of her, and she just wants to eat. And all this, and all these new people, and this is pretty overwhelming. And uh, um, so, uh, uh, and she's, 
you know, what, what she feels is what she says and what, what she, what she does. And, and, uh, maybe back in her day, everybody was like that. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, um, it was, uh, de definitely not, not what these fraggles were used to. And it, it was a really thin line. I didn't want to play it like she enjoyed being nasty, but she, she was just, you know, just thinking of her, of her own needs and, and, uh, uh, and if you know, if, if feeling overwhelmed, just just trying to dis dismiss people and and try to try to uh, uh, at the same time, like in in uh, uh, you know, she was feeling that this value of being 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 worshipped, and it was it was it was wasn't exactly decided. And I kept asking a lot of these these questions in in developments: how much was she worshipped in her in her original day, or was she kind of an outcast? And then all this that's happening to her, it's overwhelming and she's angry and she just wants to eat, but at the same time they're worshiping her and oh, that's kind of cool that maybe that's something new to her and she, she, she enjoys it. So there's a, there's a lot of complicated things happening, happening, um, happening with her. And, uh, uh, so, so yeah, playing these things where she's she's just being like super super rude, and and just just uh, you know having fun with it and having it challenge mm -hmm. the other characters, right. uh, but also not having her be like a full on uh, selfish selfish villain. So it was it was it was a, a complicated complicated line to to follow with this show. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, Fraggle Rock does not have a lot of villains like the Gorgs come yeah. close, but we do redeem yeah. them by the end of the series. You know, we got I don't know if you remember Wanderer McMooch, like in the original oh, yeah. series. He like, was he was the one. And, and I know that uh, Larry Merkin, the, the original uh, uh, producer for, for the original series, and he's he's even talked about that was the one character that that they almost kind of regretted. Mm -hmm. uh, in both of the sizes he inhabited, as, as right. big, <laughs> yes, it's like, oh my gosh, he's driven sizes. Oh well, let's not talk about that. Um, uh, <laughs> but he was kind of a full. He was kind of the one character who was almost just kind of a full-on villain yeah. who didn't really get redeemed. He got kind of uh, his, you know, his powers threatened enough that he just kind of left. But uh, yeah, you know we. Uh, and certainly with with the, the 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 gorgs, we we tried to see where where they were coming from, right? And yep. uh, uh, and with with icy Joe, even though we didn't really get to see where she was coming from, I tried to drop enough hints of the good and the and the 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 innocent <laughs> and the overwhelmed and the hangry within her <laughs> that people hopefully know she's not uh, a bad character. Just misunderstood and hungry, you right. know. Everybody right. gets like that. You must know. You must get like that when you get hungry. Oh man, yeah, Joe, you have no Joe, idea. Joe, who is not icy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where my iciness comes in. Yeah, when I get a little hungry. <laughs> uh, so in the scene, uh, the Fraggles sing the song "Sharon, You're Not Alone," which is a song from the original series from the episode yeah. "Cave of One's Own." Um, yeah. This song was originally sung by Moki and Red. Uh, do you do you remember singing this one the first time? Oh yes! Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, 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 
that was fun. And that was, uh, and it was also, you know, in both times that song is sung, it's like, it's this cheerful song and all this annoying stuff is happening during the song. So there's like, right. there's, there's other levels in, in the original. It's like, we're trying to have a party and there's no room in the room and, and, uh, uh, people are getting annoyed and confused, and we're trying to sound cheerful while we're singing the song. And so, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a just a fun, fun, mm-hmm. fun song from uh, uh, good old Dennis and Phil, and uh, uh, and a, and a really fun song to uh, uh, to 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 have that kind of energy one, once again. Everybody, everybody's into it, and. And uh, really excited about it, and it's such a contrast to what I see Joe is 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 feeling. So I'm I'm so glad we got a chance to uh, uh, explore that uh, that that song again. And then when she just uh, blows up at 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 the end, uh, it's it's such a uh, a fun a fun contrast to all the the joy and and celebration and and all the amazing radish food. <laughs> I know it actually looks really good. Like it looked oh, like real food. Oh my gosh, the, the 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 props people and the creature shop. Uh you know, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, mm-hmm. but but just it was just just like on the original series. People would see this and uh um the the team would say, "Oh, it's going to be so much work. It's going to be so much fun." And they just they just went <laughs> nuts with all the radish food and and the different things. It looked so good. Really, it looked really good. Um yeah. Um, and, uh, so trying to make it look, you know, fun and colorful, but still, you know, light, lightweight, you know, a lot of plastic and styrofoam and hot glue. Right. And, and, um, so that we, uh, you know, people could still carry it with, with their, uh, uh, with their, with their puppets. And, uh, uh, so yeah, they just, they just went to, to, on this, this whole, this whole series. And this scene was just one, one example of it. Uh, just, just going nuts with, uh, uh with with this you know this fun celebration of of uh fraggle food and uh and 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 something positive about boober that he's he's not just you know this this down guy who's who's hiding and and uh, thinking about death death and laundry but but seeing this this part part of him where he's he's really really uh uh enlivened by all the the different the different food and, and I, I love the little scene beforehand where he's uh, um, he's given the marching orders to all of his cooks with with the food that was uh, uh, I, I love touching on uh, on that on that part of uh, boober for this show yeah that was his his general patent moment I think yes <laughs> right uh, so despite all of this uh, gobo still thinks that icy Joe is great Um Icy Joe invites Gobo and Wembley to come exploring with her. Um, and so Gobo goes to tell the good news to Wembley. I love this moment where Wembley is practicing a magic act and he's pr- practicing uh, pulling a rabbit out of a hat, but it's an ink spot wearing yes. bunny ears. <laughs> bunny ears. I love, love that. I, I mean, also, like, I'm a big fan of the ink spots. Everyone should be. But I am a huge fan of those ink spots. <laughs> and to see one in bunny ears inside of a hat was just too adorable for me. <laughs> Yeah, this 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 was this show really. Um, J- Jordan just did a, a a great job of of this this whole journey that Wembley goes on from being one of the most excited people during the Icy Joe song, um, and then seeing you know having doubts about this character and and 
you know, and having this rift with, with Gobo about it when it, it just gets to, to be so, so, so extreme. So, um, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, this, this wonderful, wonderful story and, and, and script and, and, uh, um, uh, and having, having Wembley go, go through all that, uh, uh, all that that growth, and then Johnny just in the opposite direction, just being ridiculously hero worshiping of of uh, of, of icy Joe, and just just saying you know, how far how far down that path he can he can go with it until uh, his uh, he he opens up to what's to what's really really going yeah on. well yeah. and as we lead up to that Wembley has uh, an almost uncharacteristic moment um, although it is well earned uh, where he tells Gobo that for someone who wants to advance fraggle kind Dicey Joe is not very kind to fraggles and he's right no, you know, I, Wembley I gets love, to stand I up for himself that line. yeah yeah and he kind of has yeah. a, a uh, uh, that took a lot out of me moment of you know that we saw from you know Fozzie Bear in great Muppet caper or like, yeah, it takes a lot to stand up and tell your friends what's what. Yeah. Especially like a friend that you really do. Like you look up to so much, you know, like Fozzie does to Kermit, like Wembley does to Gobo and like, I can't just be your, your sidekick on this one, buddy. I gotta, I gotta really, you know, protect you from what you're not seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just, you know, some, some really, really, really good, Good depth. I mean, um, uh, Douglas Lyons just just uh, just came up with some some uh, um, amazing, beautiful points to hit in this um, in this show, and uh, and and then just 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 figuring out how to uh, each of us dig deep to our various characters, uh, just just uh, uh, giving us all some some new challenging places to 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 explore uh with still some you know some fun joyful moments and and uh uh it's it's a it's a good example of of fraggle rock showing that that the challenges aren't aren't always external and there's a lot of internal uh, uh challenges and and insights and bravery needed to to grow and 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 learn and and uh Sometimes take personal responsibility uh, for 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 things that that you might be doing that might be adding to to the challenges. So uh, there's mm-hmm. just all kinds of gems like that in this script. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I see Joe and Gobo head off on their own, and uh, Gobo doesn't realize they're not just exploring; they are traveling uh, into the cave to retrieve treasure. Uh, Gobo tells Icy Joe that is not why Fraggles explore, which is giving me definitely like like uh, vibes of Icy Joe being the anti-traveling Matt. You know, they have mm. opposite ways of uh, you know exploring. They really do have opposite ways of thinking. Icy Joe is <laughs> is not a dumb character. Like she's she's smart. She's just hard to like. And traveling Matt <laughs> is the opposite. He's very likable, but like he's a little daft. Um, so maybe, maybe in season two, we can get those two cats together. <laughs> I know, I know there's, there's this kind of a, uh, uh, if, if there's, there's ever a chance to have an explore off between Icy Joe and Uncle mm. Traveling Matt, there's, there's something there. Um, uh, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Traveling Matt really didn't weigh in on all, all of that stuff. There's so much going on in this show, probably adding him to, 
to the mix at, at the the point of of you know they're all of them all discovering each other would just be kind of too too much going on but uh yeah, yeah. hopefully there'll, there'll be uh, uh a chance some sometime to to see what what that means um mm. i'd uh, like that i'd be down for yeah. that yeah <laughs> mm. Uh, so it turns out that this treasure that they're going after is the treasure that Icy Joe was coming after hundreds of years ago, and she never got it. This is this is like her main goal, and she just wants to add it to her collection. Um, although I have a feeling her collection is probably long gone. This might be the first part of her of her new collection. Um, and uh, she literally just tries to toss Gobo, which I think is yes. funny. Like that's the only reason she wanted him there was <laughs> because like yeah, you're small yeah. enough that I can I can throw you. Yeah, and and the the way the way I thought of it was was uh, yeah, it 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 is her her plan, but she's 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 not like this uh, evil evil genius that has you know you get the shiny thing and then this, it's it's like uh, f- first of all to, to the the way I thought of it was like it's a shiny thing I must have the shiny thing because mm-hmm. it's shiny. Yeah. And I'm a fraggle, and a shiny thing is all a fraggle needs. So, so I, I didn't think of her, her, you know, concerning it and and a means of wealth or something. I kind of imagined that uh, maybe if you open up all the layers of her stuff, she might just have all these shiny things I've collected, and that's the shiniest, and I must have it. You know, she's just kind of thinking of it just to that level. And once yeah. she gets the shiny thing, now what? Something else, you know, so, so right. it's not like she becomes, you know, the, the, the king with the treasure or Scrooge McDuck's yeah. you know, hall of gold or something. It's it's just like, it's just the shiny thing, and I must have it. Right. And, ooh, if and, I bring Global with me, I can throw him up. And that's probably the extent <laughs> of her planning. That's probably about as far as she's capable of thinking. If I get Global, I know, I can throw him, and he can get it, and then I'll have the shiny thing. Right. And that's it, you know? <laughs> Right, because so. <laughs> Lazy Joe has not yet learned to treat Fraggles like people or like Fraggles. Yeah, uh, and, that's and, something that and, she's got to figure and, out in this episode. And, yeah, and and maybe thinking that way is what led her to be an outcast from her original group of uh, of of Fraggles. So uh, who, yeah. who knows? But uh, uh, but yeah, and and you know when Wembley didn't want to come along, it's like oh well, don't have a friendly, but I have a global. I think that'll work. Okay, I can throw a globe. Right. Okay, you know, and so so she's she she's she's not yet capable of of thinking beyond anything kind of beyond that or why Wembley, Wembley didn't want to come along. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, so so that's kind of the extent of her of her planning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when Gobo is now seeing her for for who she is, he's refusing to help her. She's using her pickaxe to try to climb. And uh, the uh, she kind of triggers another ice fall, or a, I don't know what you would call that. It's kind of an avalanche. Um, yeah. And now they're both stuck in the ice, and we're just yes. going to be here for a she, few hundred years. Sorry, Gobo. Yeah, you, she, you backed she the wrong horse. That's that's where that she didn't think that far in advance. I was probably still <laughs> hangry. I didn't have enough radishes, so I wasn't thinking clearly. Well, it only happened I... once before. Who'd have thought it would happen a second time? <laughs> it was only so, once. Quite a pattern. Chances, you know. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So so throwing throwing uh, uh, Gobo uh, um, that 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 didn't work, and then then that, and because that was the extent of her planning, she had to fall back to what did I do last time? Oh yes, I did this. I will do that thing again. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Just right. Totally yeah. Forgetting how that ended up. 
until it was too late. Say, oh, oh no, oh, I rem- okay, this this happened again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, we'll try it again uh, in a few yep. hundred years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so uh, now we have our, we, I think we call this an elevator moment where, you know, we have two characters who are stuck in an elevator in a sitcom. And well, as long as we're stuck together, let's have a heart to heart. She tells, <laughs> she tells Gobo that she got her name, not for the ice that she explored, but for the ice in her heart, uh, yeah. which is very sad. And also she says that Gobo is the closest thing that she's ever had to a friend, which is double sad because she doesn't even I seem know. to like him. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like she's it finally it takes this, you know, an extreme physical crisis um that she can't, you know, bluster her way out of. Uh almost there are similarities to Red in Marooned. Mhm. You know, where she's you, you know in in Marooned she hits her point of crisis. She's used to being able to to physically or vocally bluster her way through things, and this is something where that is absolutely not an option. And with, with, with Icy Joe, um, and it forces her to, to think, I don't, I don't know how much she had a chance to think things through the first time she was trapped or if she was quick frozen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, but of course this, this time she's not fully frozen and she has someone with her. And, um, uh, and so it's just enough to make her stop and think, and 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 you know bless bless gobo and johnny's beautiful hearts just to be able to to say which with such uh you know with his personal insight that he's been going through um but doing what what fraggles do is is connecting with 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 each other and helping each uh helping each other with uh, with their internal challenges and and uh and and insight. So just to be able to make that connection with with Icy Joe and for her to realize, oh, this 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 is a friend. Oh, that's new. I like that. <laughs> it's it's almost as good as the shiny thing. And it's it's pretty nice. If I can't have the shiny thing, having a friend is good, but oh we're trapped in the ice again. What's what's gonna happen? Um so uh yeah. Yeah, having having that moment of, of uh of thought and and insight just to just to um redeem her and set her on a new path that will help her fit into her 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 new home with with the uh the the fraggles but oh they need to be rescued first so what happens next joe i'll tell you what happens next (laughs) is it turns out wembley had hidden a uh, doozer tube in gobo's backpack and he's been listening the whole time, and he knows that they need help. So he slides in on a cafeteria tray, which we, we did gloss <laughs> over where that came from. You'll have to watch the episode and figure it out. Uh, and uh, saves the day. They're out of the ice. Um, and now Gobo has a new hero. It's not Icy Joe anymore. It's his buddy Wembley. Yes. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Icy Joe does try to thank them, but her voice is triggering another cave-in because she's got a very strong voice. So they got a, they got a, <laughs> yes. they got a hot foot. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah, that this that was that was tricky because we were using there was there was some plastic snow there was some kind of you know no 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 real snow or ice but some that was more paper there, there was like this mixture of all different kinds of snows and then you know some mm-hmm. some some styrofoam and some kind of just kind of uh, 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 almost like sheets of batting with with 
bits of snow and spring like every yeah. every kind of snow cheat we were using all of them on this <laughs> right and then once the the avalanche happened and there was a lot of snow and I still had my icy icy Joe boots on and and it's like avalanche run and I was I was saying icy Joe is not gonna be able to run in these boots so <laughs> so just trying to just just kind of you know figuring out what's what's the the minimum that I can run with people around me <laughs> three of us together uh, uh, and and dodging between all we had all the little ice little right. platforms with with ice on them and snow coming down and we're wearing goggles because of the the snow and 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 uh, uh, so we do some with some run throughs without the snow and uh, figure out you'll wear all these these uh, uh, five bodies of people going through these little snow tunnels how are we gonna work with reacting and running out quick without falling over without bumping into the snow without bumping into each other so we rehearsed it a few times and then okay we're going we're going for it so uh then uh, got it done so yeah it was that was a lot technically a lot of a lot of complicated stuff happening but uh, paul paul fox the the director uh he he was really juggling juggling a lot. Just just uh, he had had worked with with puppet productions before, but there were just a lot of a lot of new new challenges in this this show. And uh, our our crew was was uh, uh, amazing. We'd we'd uh, well, we'd done uh, six six shows up to that point. Well, let's see. We kind of broke things up into bits bits and pieces. So uh, mm-hmm. um, sure. Yeah. So our 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 crew was kind of up to speed by the time we we got to to this episode, and uh, so but they yeah they they worked hard just just trying to to, to figure out uh, all all these these challenges, and so uh, yeah Paul Paul really really upped his uh, his puppet directing game uh, like the the song with icy the icy Joe song the song with the the, the radishes, and then all the snow and the thawing and the avalanches and and things and uh, he uh, he came through it with uh, with uh, with great with great humor and with 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 awesome creative ideas how to how to make things work and some things had to you know all of us figuring out some some cheats or compromises to to get through all these uh, these these creative uh, challenges but uh, it was it was it was good I'm I'm glad we got a chance to to do a show like this. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad that you made it out okay, or else I see Joe would be stuck in that ice for another another hundred years. We wouldn't get more. Yes. Oh. <laughs> So we got her back to Fraggle Rock, uh, safe and sound. Um, her heart is starting to warm a bit. She's slightly less icy, but still pretty icy, Joe. Uh, she is making an effort to learn all the Fraggles' names. She's being kind and complimenting <laughs> Boober's soup. You know, and it starts small. Um, and then she's exhausted. She falls asleep on top of Red. <laughs> yes. And I mean, that must have been a fun moment for you, just like having your two key characters just like on top of each other like that yes yes so uh um uh ellie ellie eisner uh is was my uh my main uh assistant for for performing red so 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 they they were performing red and uh for uh for that that whole scene i i think that was that was one scene where you're shooting it at the end of the day it's like we gotta go we gotta go so i think ellie even covered like all of all Red's close-ups, but they're they're just so such a fun fun character and and really tapped into uh, tapped into to to Red Red's energy. So so they they handled Red and I was just 
uh, I and, and my crew, we were, we were all Icy Joe. And, and, uh, uh, and you even technically figure out, okay, she's going to lay on red, but we don't want to break her pigtails. And this puppy <laughs> right. is, is three people. We don't want to fall over on red and, and Ellie. So it's like figuring out all, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, but yes, nice, a nice fun way to, uh, to, to wrap it up that, uh, I see Joe has some, some insight, but she's still just going to be big, big and, and blunt and, uh, 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 challenging <laughs> to, 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 to be around, but just a really, really sweet way to, to wrap it all mm-hmm. up. Absolutely. Yeah, it's cute. And again, like, I'm really glad that this is not the end of Icy Joe. We do get more of her in later episodes. I'm sure we will cover that later on this podcast. Um, Yes. But for now, we're going to end this episode back with Doc and Sprocket, right where we started. And uh, uh, Doc is showing off her uh, wall of Shiro's. And Sprocket suggests that Doc put herself on her own wall of Shiro's. And she, of course, in turn, also puts up a picture of Sprocket because he is one of her heroes, um, which is a really nice way to celebrate how hero worship can be a very good thing, despite the fact that we just saw 22 minutes about how it can also be a toxic thing. <laughs> um, Karen, do you have uh, someone that you would put on your wall of Shiro's? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, we had a lot of Shiro's with this... Um, with this this new production of Fraggle, Fraggle Rock having so um, uh, many uh, uh, women in uh, uh, production and directing and writing roles, and uh, even like you know the whole cast and crew, just uh, uh, a lot more of a, a diverse crew, um, and I think that that brought a lot of uh, of of. Uh, of, of insight and, and, and growth to, uh, to, to the whole, to hold production. So there's not enough room on my wall for all of my, uh, 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 and heroes that, that were on this, on this production. That's uh, a good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not leaving anybody <laughs> out there. And, and I'm sure that you are on many people's wall as someone who has been so influential with the Muppet world for so long and, and in the puppetry world and in the animation world and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, for that, I am very grateful that you were able to join us on this podcast. Uh, do you have any other memories of this episode before we start wrapping up that you wanted to share? Oh, gosh. Um, I, th- I think I think we, we, we covered a lot of it, but... Uh... Um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely thankful that there were chances to explore Icy Joe in later, in later episodes. And if you needed someone to be, uh, uh, loud or knock things over, <laughs> she was a good, she was, uh, uh, a good character to bring in or just someone big who could hold things up. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone strengthy. So, uh, uh. I'm I'm glad it was the start of a really fun adventure with a, a new a new character in in Fraggle Rock. Absolutely. Well, Karen, thank you again for joining us on this episode. It has been such a, a treat to get to talk to you and to to geek out over over Red and Fraggle Rock and Icy Joe and more and more and more. <laughs> um, I hope we'll get to do this again sometime soon. Uh, and 
in the meantime, uh, that brings us to the end of another episode of Fraggle Talk. But stay tuned as Tough Pig's own Beth Cook talks more about the themes of this episode in our Dive Deeper segment coming up next. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Tough Pigs. And thank you, all the fans of Tough Pigs. And uh, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the Fraggle Adventures that this podcast is going to bring you on. Welcome to Dig Deeper. This is Beth Cook, and I am joined once again by executive producer and president of television at the Jim Henson Company, Hallie Stanford. And we are talking Hello. about episode 106, The Legend of Icy Joe. Yes, The Legend of Icy Joe. She doesn't live up to her legend. I was so glad that Karen Prell got another amazing character. Icy Joe is an unexpected force of nature. <laughs> She is a force. She's like, she's almost like the fraggle Neanderthal, right? Like you're like, who, like she's huge. She's a big puppet. I will tell you, Karen had to wear a special like brace to hold her up. She's a big puppet, that Icy Joe. I'm With not a surprised. big personality and a big mouth. And I love that she's larger than life in the legendary sense. You know, we start out knowing almost nothing about her except that everyone loves and reveres her and that uh that wonderful line we know that she's a hero because the stories tell us so yes isn't that wonderful yeah well that really actually that line in that song really just that just sums up the whole episode i mean this was a really important uh topic that we wanted to showcase in the show that you know i you know that kids of course are discovering uh, in school right now, all, much of the curriculum is shifting. For example, Christopher Columbus. Hello. No, thank you. No, thank you, Christopher Columbus. So we, you know, they, they're learning like heroes and, you know, figures of history that as, as a child, you know, we have taught were, were one thing or actually something different. But then I think at the time that we were making Fraggle Rock and the songs were being written, we were seeing this everywhere. We were seeing it people that we believe to be, you know, our leaders or people that we cared about um, historically, but also in the, in the, in the present day, um, suddenly things are being revealed about them that um, were incredibly troubling and disappointing and sometimes terrifying. So you've got to, you know, as this segment is dig deeper, we're really encouraging kids to, you know, look at both sides of somebody, dig a little deeper, look at, um, look at the facts behind your, heroes and leaders, know who you're putting uh, up on a pedestal uh, and why. Um, so anyway, it just uh, felt so timely and yet will be something I feel that uh, generations of uh, children and families will be able to go back to and look, you know, and, you know in the past on, the, on other, other characters and heroes um, from their past. I'd love to hear a little bit about what went into choosing who went into Doc's wall of sheroes? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm laughing because honestly, it was one of the hardest projects we did on Fraggle Rock. It really was because not only did we need to show a diverse range of women, you know, women of color, different ages, um, but also wanting to show women from history and women that are modern. Um, so it was really hard. And then on top of that, we had to see um, who would give us permission to share 
the um, the images of um, of of our Shiro. So it was it was hard. Let me just say that right now. A lot of a uh, a lot of a uh, um, thought and phone calls and uh, letters being written um, went into putting that Shiro wall. And everybody wants to have one, but on Fraggle Rock, we actually had to get the rights clear for this one. So. <laughs> I hope that we encouraged uh, um, little girls everywhere to make their own and little boys. Let me take that back. Little girls and boys everywhere to make their Shiro walls. Um, but we did we did have to get ours cleared. Yeah. I love that that segment wrapped up with Sprocket insisting that Doc herself needs to go up on the wall of inspirational women. Isn't that great? Because you know what? You don't have to be famous, right? To make a difference and that's something that I teach my kids every day like you just have to like put your voice out in the world and be a dreamer and doer and that's that's all that matters you know and you don't have to even be put on someone's shiro wall you could be put like on you know sprocket just that's that's for him right like you're my inspiration and that's enough that one person can make a difference and I love that moment too and then she wants to put sprocket up too so that's it, it's it's a lovely message um, but it's, it's real, right? Like that's, that comes back to Fraggle Rock. Like even one Fraggle, one Doozer, one Gorg, one silly creature can make a big impact in this world. I love that it connected with Wembley and Gobo in that Wembley has to work himself up to tell Gobo this really hard truth of this person who you're idolizing is not worth idolizing. And then when Gobo goes through his journey and, and realizes that, uh, he tells Wembley, I don't know if I believe in heroes anymore, but if there is such a thing, then you are mine. Yes, isn't that wonderful? Love you know, it. the relationship of Wembley and Gobo, the writers really dug into. One of the things that was really important to us, to me personally, was just like, let's just like make these tight friendships, right? Like yes. physical and they hug and they love each other. And in that particular episode, just even the dialogue, you'll hear the way that like Wembley talks to Gobo, it's so loving and, it, and he, he, he just like, it's not that he worships him or idolizes him, but he just adores him and believes in him. So it is very disappointing when he sees his friend being taken advantage of and being bullied. Um, and hey, you know what? I think we've all been there in our childhoods where we wanted to follow a cool kid, or a kid who was a little bit rougher. And um, for a while that feels good until it doesn't feel good, until it doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. And have to find our way back to our real friends uh, and the ones that make us feel good about ourselves. Those are the heroes, just like Wendley says. And I love that Icy Joe is able to make that transition. <laughs> she is kind for the first time and says, personal growth is so exhausting. <laughs> I love that you know all these lines. It's great. Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah, it is exhausting. And she, she evolves a little bit as a character too in the season. You know, she's, she's, she's back in the, she's back in the rock. She's trying to get into the flow of it. She's having a good time. You know, we'll come to the, you know, a later episode where she's even dancing. Um, so, you know, she's trying. And I, we felt that was really important too. Like Absolutely. showing, you know, like that she recognizes that she has repair that she has to do. Um, in Fraggle Rock, not just with Gobo, but in Fraggle Rock in general, um, as well as with herself. And so personal growth is hard, but she's trying and that's enough. Fraggle Talk, the unofficial Fraggle Rock podcast is brought to you by toughpicks.com. 
produced, written, and hosted by Joe Hennis. Fraggle Fast Fact segment presented by special guest John Tartaglia. Dig Deeper segment hosted by Beth Cook with special guest Hallie Stanford. Fraggle Talk Art by Dave Haltine Jr. The Fraggle Rock mark and logo, characters and elements are trademarks of the Jim Henson Company, all rights reserved. Fraggle Rock theme song, written by Philip Balsam and Dennis Lee, is used with permission. Special thanks to the Jim Henson Company, Apple TV+, and the entire Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock family. For more from Tough Pigs, please find us at Tough Pigs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time down at Fraggle Talk.